We're calling for healthcare reinforcements, more boots on the ground to support our healthcare workers. And there's no time to waste. We're launching an online portal to match and fill much needed healthcare positions with those willing able to work. That is Premier Ford earlier today putting out the call that they need more boots on the ground. And the bottom line is, you know, in the early days of this crisis, it was very obvious that people and companies wanted to step up and help. You know, we saw doctor turned politician Jane Philpott jump into the front lines. We saw uh, PC MPP Natalia Kuzindovaco. She's left her constituency office, put her scrubs back on to get into her uh, nursing experience. And without question, the need to bolster our front lines is enormous. We've got doctors and nurses getting sick, some burning out. And we've got a lot of people in this province, in this country, that have foreign training in medical areas. But a lot of them are the people that drive the cabs or work in the restaurants. This crisis could be a very big game changer for those people as the province puts this call out for all foreign trained health care workers and staff that if you think you've got the skills... Ontario wants you. Deputy Minister and Health Minister Christine Elliott joining me now. Minister, good to have you. Hello, Alex. Thank you for allowing me to join you tonight. Well, you know, good of you to have the energy to stand at the end of the day. Frankly, I don't think uh, we talk about it a lot, but yourself, all the politicians of all stripes, you know, you're working very, very long hours. You've got your own families. You've got your own fears, your own health to take care of. And I don't think people understand the demands that are on your plates as well. So I, uh, I also thank you. Um, this announcement today, I think, is so long overdue. Decades, I think, I've been talking to cab drivers or people in this, in this country who say, you know, if only I could become a doctor, you know, in my hometown or my home country, that's what I was. I was an obstetrician or I was a, you know, a doctor and, and I can't get there. And yet this is going to fast track that. How does this program work? Well, this is a, a, a situation where we've already had 15,000 people volunteer to come forward that have healthcare experience, but this is actually going to match them with employers that um, indicate what jobs they need to have done. So it's, it's calling on people who may be physicians trained in different jurisdictions for um, student nurses to come forward, to, for students, for retired nurses coming forward. There are all kinds of people that are coming forward, and, and as the Premier said, we really do need need all hands on deck because this is a, a, a significant challenge for us. And as we're busy building up our physical capability in terms of bed space and so on in our hospitals, we also need the people to be able to work there. And how would their skills be fast-tracked? So they go into this portal, they see where a job might fit their skill set. If, let's say, they're, they're short a couple of skills, is there a way to fast-track them through that or do they get disqualified on that? Well, right now we're really looking at the skills that people have and that we have people that are working there trying to do the matching. So uh, if someone was working as a physician in a different jurisdiction but um, wants to come back and do that here, uh, they may or may not. It just depends on each individual's qualifications, but there certainly is a place for them. And when we're through this pandemic, and we will come through it, at some point, uh, then there will be that opportunity to consider their experience, how they've helped out in all of this, and what remains for them to uh, complete their qualifications so they can actually practice here. 
And I think that would be um, a smart idea. I mean, look, if we've got the need and we've got the people to do it, fulfill those needs, then let's get them on the front lines. Have you ad- have you got numbers to suggest how many people it is that you need? I mean, is there an expectation of uh, how much of the front lines you will turn over, it, whether it's burnout, people needing vacation time? What are we looking at as far as numbers? Well, we've, as I indicated before, we've got uh, 15,000 people that have already uh, volunteered and they, their, um, their abilities and so on and their applications will be transferred to this. But we do need thousands of people and we need people from all different parts of Ontario. So uh, it's not just in Toronto, it's in Kenora and Cornwall and uh, London and everywhere else. So we want to match people geographically as well as with their skill set. So we do need thousands of people. You know, when I came into the show tonight and listening throughout the date, all the press conferences and numbers, I mean, there seems to be a bit of a narrative today that it appears on the surface that we're moving in the right direction. Um, You know, we've got numbers that are up slightly, but they're not, you know, these huge spikes that, um, let's say, New York or other places like Italy and Spain have seen in your mind and from the data that you're looking at. Is it too soon to say that we're flattening the curve? Uh, When does that story start to, to be written? I think it is too soon to say. Uh, we're certainly not going to sit back and, and say job well done because that's far from the case. We have to be really vigilant on this and really make sure that we are ready for the situation to change dramatically. I hope we all hope it doesn't, but we have to pre- be prepared for it if it does change. And so we are building up our resources both in terms of people and in um, in healthcare capacity in terms of physical spaces, beds, and so on, um, in all parts of Ontario, because we also don't know where the hot spots are going to be. This mm-hmm. could break out at all sorts of places. Unfortunately, it, it did in Bob Cajun, which is just a, it's a tragic situation. Um, but it tells us that it can happen anywhere. And so we have the capability now with increasing our bed capacity and with our human resources to be able to um, concentrate in certain parts of Ontario if we need And when do you expect, I mean, we're looking at the travelers, I think, that came back over the March break and people traveling in the last couple of weeks to see those numbers. Uh, And we're only testing a couple of thousand, I think, since Monday. When do we actually get a better indicator of where the numbers are for, for Ontario? Well, I, I think that the, the next few days uh, will uh, tell us where we're going with things. It's, the travel is not as significant a concern as, of course, it was several weeks ago. Uh, we're really looking at uh, the communities. And now that we know that um, asymptomatic people with no mm-hmm. signs of COVID-19 can transmit this virus, then we need to make sure that we do more testing uh, in uh, the, uh, the general population, but also also really concentrate on the long-term care homes, retirement homes, places where people live in, in congregate settings, uh, making sure that we test our, our health care workers, too, to make sure that they are still well and in our Indigenous communities because we know that um, if someone brings a virus in from outside, that we need to be very ready to do everything we can to stop the spread. 
Yes, and as I, I think I read today, we do have one case uh, within a, a, a First Nations community, which is cause for alarm. Um, earlier this evening, we learned that uh, $200,000 worth of um, you know protective equipment masks um, are being sent back. Uh, these were pieces of equipment that went into um, frontline workers that were working in long-term care. And now we've got confirmation that these uh, masks came in from China. And I think there's concern across the board um, of the of the equipment that we're getting if it's compromised and what kind of uh, checks and balances are being done on this kind of equipment. Um, China has in other instances, whether it's Spain, Italy, Denmark, they've had to send equipment back because of, of faulty material. Is that check and balance being done? Absolutely, it is in Ontario. Absolutely. We are making sure that whatever we procure as a shipment is going to, in many cases, it's being held in escrow uh, by an independent third party to, um, to say that it's dependent on our physical inspection of the masks or whatever the equipment is that's coming in. And if those um, goods don't match uh, and don't fit our inspection, then there's no money that changes hands. Do you feel confident enough, given the last 24 hours with 3M um, saying that they would deliver with Woodbridge now saying they're online to deliver a million uh, masks a week, you know, as Ontario gets online, are you confident now that the frontline workers are going to have enough equipment? We, well, yes, we are doing everything that we can to make sure our frontline workers are protected. And we do have supplies coming in. Of course, we are in an international competition for everything right now. Um, but I, I think that some of the um, uh, comments that are coming from the U.S. in terms of 3M are promising, but we are still securing supplies wherever we can. If there is something that keeps you up at night right now, what is that concern? Well, this entire pandemic keeps me up. <laughs> I think the most important thing for me is making sure that our frontline workers are protected because they are the ones that really are doing, um, the Premier called them hero, heroes, and I would agree. They are the ones that are on the front lines. They are working with patients that have COVID-19. Uh, they're worried about themselves and their families as well. And I want to make sure that we can protect them so that they can continue to do the amazing work that they're doing. No question about it. They've got the weight of the world on their shoulders. And um, I appreciate very much you giving us our time tonight, Minister. Thank you. Thank you very much, Alex. That is uh, Health Minister, Deputy Minister, Mom, and um, one of the warriors in the trenches right now, Christine Elliott, joining us uh, tonight with the latest. And and, and I, I have waited for a really long time to hear of this kind of move where we have people in this country who have the skills. They come into this country and in their own country, whether it's uh, places like Iraq or places like uh, India or, or wherever, they come in with these skills, but they're stuck driving a cab or they're stuck in a job that does not utilize their skills. So I think this is a really positive move in the right direction. It, I think, will open a lot of doors for a lot of people. And uh, if it can help our front lines, then I say thumbs up to that. So again, cautiously optimistic that we uh, had a decent day today. But again, there's always that tinge in the voice of all of these healthcare, um, you know, people, including the, the health minister herself, that uh, we haven't beaten this thing yet. But I'm just trying to take the good.